This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how science fiction, horror, fantasy and comics help us explore our humanity. Welcome. It's great to talk to you about your work. Well, thank you, Tony, and I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it really is my pleasure because um, and my guest today is expressing it all the time. She is artist Kavita Maharaj. And if you've seen her work on Instagram, I was totally floored by your work, in particular your Spock project and the many faces of Mr. Spock that you have uh, shown us in your, in your drawings. Welcome. It's great to talk to you about your work. Well, thank you, Tony, and I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. It's It really is my pleasure because, um, I, I mean, there's you really captured – this is Leonard Nimoy, Spock, we're talking about, and you really captured every nuance of his face and his, his expression. Uh, that's, that's a gift. There is more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. How did you know when – maybe going back to when you were young, that drawing was going to be something you wanted to do? Well, um, I think most kids, my, you know, and I'm no exception to this, uh, most kids instinctively do draw when they're, when they're young. I, I did uh, have adults who would be a little effusive or responsive to uh, drawings that I, I did. And I have to admit that my parents growing up were not um, were not naturally effusive about things. So they, if they actually reacted to it, you know that there had to be something of note there. The other thing is that I had uh, teachers and classmates as I went through school who would see me drawing. And I remember that the, the one of the memories that stuck out in my mind is, remember, I, I, went, uh, I went through a British schooling. And mm. I, I mentioned that because I'm going to mention that standard eight and standard eight might not mean much in North America, but I would have been eight years old when I, uh, sorry, standard three, rather, sorry, I would have been eight years old when I was in standard three. And so I remember I was in standard three and I was drawing my hand. So I was holding a pencil in my left hand and I, I'm right-handed. I was using my right hand to, to draw the image of my left hand holding a pencil. It was just something I was interested in. And I remember the teacher coming over and uh, looking at what I was drawing, and she, you know, remarked on this, and then kids started to gather around and whatnot. And the teacher at that point in time, she said to me, she said, I want your first painting. And <laughs> she'd go, wow, I wish I was that good at that. But the truth is that the only way you get good at something is by doing it a lot. And the, the, the way or the best way to do something a lot is to love it and just do it because you love it. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. Spock influenced you, and um, and years later, you start drawing uh, the characters from Star Trek. Well, I've actually only been drawing the characters for three years, believe it or not. Wow. And um, so, but, but I have to say that I decided to draw the character. And in fact, I should say I decided to do a painting of Mr. Spock five years ago. And so what happened was I, I came to a place where I thought I would like to do a painting of Mr. Spock. And the, the way or the best way to do something a lot is to love it and just do it because you love it. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. Spock influenced you. And, um, and years later, when did you start drawing uh, the characters from Star Trek? As a result, um, I spent literally two years looking at photos of Leonard Nimoy as Spock. And I would, you know, 
put images aside when I'd find ones that really interested me. And what I what I ended up with was two years worth of research material of images of him and still absolutely no closer to choosing an image. And I and I mentioned this to my husband. He said, okay. So I spent two years looking at images and there's so what do I want to do? Because in my mind, it was going to be a painting of Mr. Spock. And so I had to quote unquote, get it right, which meant I had to choose the expression, the body language, the the image that I wanted to do, because there was only going to be one. And as a result, um, I spent literally two years looking at photos of Leonard Nimoy as Spock. And I would, you know, put images aside when I'd find ones that really interested me. And what I what I ended up with was two years worth of research material of images of him and still absolutely no closer to choosing an image. And I, I eventually said to my husband, I said, I can't choose one. I said, I've spent two years looking at images and there's so many facial expressions, you know, physical positions that his body is in that has, you know, really uh, like emotive body language that I'm interested in. I said, I cannot choose an image to work from. And my mm-hmm. husband looked at me with this expression that said, basically, I don't see what the problem is here. And he said, so why don't you just do a whole bunch of them? Look at, uh, you know, some of my early paintings versus what's now. <laughs> 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 Always that your skill level is going to get better with every single painting. Sometimes you move backwards too. Sometimes you get a little tight and what have you. Mm. But the act of coming to this character over and over and over uh, became an act of studying myself, an act of studying character, an act of studying the art of painting. And uh, it's been great. I've really enjoyed doing it. The thing about Mr. Spock and, and anybody connected with the Star Trek images is that somebody owns those. Uh, and mm-hmm. so how did you approach Paramount, or I guess CBS Paramount, and uh, mm-hmm. and say, hey, this is what I can do? What do you guys think? Is that how you approach them pretty much? Well, well, effectively. Um, so I'll, I'll say to you that I, when I decided to do this painting series, first of all, I decided to do a painting, but then I started to do this painting series. It was always for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was a personal project. I wanted to do this painting for me. And uh, in fact, when it was supposed to be one painting, it was going to go on a specific spot in my house. Like I was doing this painting. The thing about Mr. Spock and, and anybody c- connected with, the Star Trek images is that somebody owns those. Uh, And Mm -hmm. so how did you approach Paramount or I guess CBS Paramount and, uh, and say, Hey, this is what I can do. What do you guys think? Is that how you approach them pretty much? Well, well, effectively. um, So I'll I'll say to you that me to get more and more connected to Star Trek where I, my love for Star Trek kept growing, basically. Mm -hmm. And so I got to the point where I thought, you know, I've been sharing these paintings on my Facebook page with people who may or may not be Trekkies. And so then I thought, I'd like to share this, these paintings with Trekkies. And but at the same time, I should mention I'm a yoga teacher. So I actually run a yoga studio. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, so I've I've got a lot of students and uh, I didn't want to go on to uh, Instagram and create an account where my students would be able to identify that was me. And the only reason I didn't want to do that was I felt that my students would follow that Instagram feed because it was me and I didn't want that. Yeah. I wanted whoever followed that feed. It was because they loved Star Trek and that work spoke to them. That was it. 
So what I did was I created an anonymous Instagram account. I, I didn't put my face on the account. I didn't put my name on the account. Um, and then I started posting pictures of my paintings. Ah. And uh, the account started to grow relatively quickly. And, um, oh, wow. and I, I tried to stay anonymous for as long as I could. <laughs> and then uh, what started to happen was I started having people contacting me asking to buy the paintings. Ah. And over oh, and over, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I said, thank you. But, you know, I'm sorry. These, these, these are labors of love. Um, and so, you know, they're for me. So I'm not selling the paintings. And then eventually I got so many requests. And at the same time, I was getting so many requests. I got a particular request from a, an old friend of Leonard Nimoy's. Oh, wow. And he, yeah, and he wanted to buy the paintings as well. And I told him exactly what I told everybody else. I'm sorry. <laughs> This is, you know, a labor of love. And, uh, but at that point in time, I thought, okay, I'm starting to feel selfish. That's the truth. I was starting to feel selfish. <laughs> I was starting to feel that, I, you know, I, I'd come onto this platform to share with others, but now I was feeling like I wasn't sharing with them. Like they were asking me to share more and I was saying no. Hmm. And um, so I thought, okay, well, I, I don't want to sell my original paintings because they were done for me. But I could be okay with selling giclés, you know, of, of the pieces of print, limited edition prints of these pieces, but I'm an above board type of person. So I know that there are uh, people who, you know, sell Trek related stuff and they do it kind of under the table as it were, but I wasn't yeah. comfortable with that. Sure. And uh, so at that point in time, I should also mention this friend of uh, Leonard, he, um, he tagged uh, Danny Nimoy on oh. one of my posts. <laughs> and so then she contacted me and, and uh, said that she was, she, she thanked me for doing these paintings and honoring her grandfather's memory. And then she and I ended up uh, in conversation over email back and forth and she wanted to carry some of my images. And so I thought, okay, well, I can go through her store because she's licensed or, um, you know, because I, I was continuing to paint and uh, she wasn't necessarily going to carry every piece that I did or anything of the sort. So I thought, or I can uh, approach CBS. I really didn't. Sure. And, <laughs> um, you know, because the feeling was that once, uh, and this, this is just how I felt before I spoke to CBS. I felt like, oh, you know, once I contact CBS, I'm on the radar. <laughs> and so then she contacted me and uh, said that, she was. She thanked me for doing these paintings and honoring her grandfather's memory. And then she and I ended up uh, in conversation over email back and forth. And she wanted to carry some of my images. And so I thought, okay, well, I can go through her store because she's licensed. Or, um, you know, because I, I was continuing to paint and uh, she wasn't necessarily going to carry every piece that I did or anything of the sort. So I thought... Or I can approach CBS. I really didn't want to. <laughs> um, you know, because the feeling was that once, I, and this, this is just how I felt before I spoke to CBS. I felt like, oh, you know, once I contact CBS, I'm on the radar. <laughs> sure. Um, that's how I felt. Um, I also didn't think they'd give me the time of day, to be honest, Tony. Um, mm. So, but here I was at this point where I thought, well, I need the information, and the only way to get the information is to contact them. So I sent an email to, to CBS, and uh, literally less than 12 hours later, they contacted me back. And uh, within a month, I had um, I had a contract with them. Oh, that's and, 
which I've been told is actually really fast for this to happen. It's not, uh, you know, it's, it's my only experience with doing this. So I didn't have anything to compare it to, but I've been told since then that that's fast for this type of stuff to happen. But I think what it was was when I con- when they contacted me back, rather, um, I said, well, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Fans are contacting me. Um, so I'd like to be able to do this. And here's what I, here's what I do. And I sent them, I think, four photos of some of the paintings I'd done to that point. And I think that was actually part of why it moved so quickly, because they were able to look at the paintings and they were able to decide from their viewpoint that that my stuff met the standard that they wanted. Not only met it, I think it exceeds it. It is, It captures Mr. Spock so well. It really does, down to his you know, the, his expression, even the muscles on his face. It's just absolutely, you have a gift, uh, you know, Kavita, and it's just, it's so wonderful you can share that with uh, with Star Trek fans in the world because it is just, I mean, you, you either, you either, I think you're, you're born with gifts and they just speak to you and eventually you just do it. And this is your gift, and uh, it's just fantastic to to see these. When I first saw them, I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. So, yeah, your work spoke to Paramount, and they said, we, we got to get on board with this because, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, you know it's, it's fantastic. It really is. So, you know, Thank you, Tony. It, you're very and welcome. And in using it, we build it. Um, Absolutely. And, and- so one of the things that I've said to fans who have contacted me and, and told me that, you know, I really like your stuff, you're very talented, blah, 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 which I, I appreciate. One of the things I say to them because I really mean it is that it's really, it really just boils down to a combination of passion. You need to be passionate about, you know, what you're doing mm-hmm. and you need to be committed to what you're doing. So those two things, oh, yeah. you need to love it and you need to do it. Yep. That's Absolutely. all it is. Mm-hmm. All right, why don't we uh, take a, a short break? We'll be right back with Kavita Maharaj talking about her work in just a moment. Back on Sci-Fi Talk with Kavita Maharaj. I, I do want to talk about the technical part of it. You like to use a, a variety of different tools that are available, like charcoals and pastels. Is there anyone that you like using the most? Well, the truth is that most of what I use is acrylic paint. Oh, acrylic, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have used a tiny bit of, uh, of pastel, um, uh, a bit of uh, um, carbon, so, so pencil work and whatnot in some of my pieces, but really I would say 99.5%. Why don't we uh, take a, a short break? We'll be right back with Kavita Maharaj talking about her work in just a moment. Sir, there's a multi-legged creature crawling on your shoulder. Back on Sci-Fi Talk with Kavita Maharaj. I I do want to talk about the technical part of it. You like to use a a variety of different tools that are available, like charcoals and pastels. Is there anyone that you like using the most? Um, And uh, part of of it looking very plastic is um, a tendency not to blend very well. 
But right. I use a lot of what we call medium when I'm painting. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if you're as familiar with this, but medium, uh, you can buy medium. Medium. So if they're making paint, they take the pigment and they mix the pigment into medium. That's how oh. you get paint, right? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But you can buy medium, yeah, by itself. So I mm -hmm. actually have medium as well, and I'll take paint, and then I'll squirt out a bit of medium, and I'll mix that medium into the paint. So what it does is it makes that paint a little bit more fluid, also tends to slow down the drying of the paint just a little bit. Just a little bit, okay? Not a lot, but just a little bit. And so what that does is allows me to get more of a blending when I'm painting, which tends to be thought of as more of an effect you get with oil. So there's a certain level of richness that people don't associate with acrylics that I'm able to get with my pieces, and that's why that question comes up. Um, the other uh, thing that people usually guess a lot at is um, thinking that it's watercolor. Okay. And it's actually because I happen to love the effects that you can get with watercolor. I, I love, mm. uh, you know, really great watercolor artists. I, that's an example of where I sit and I go, wow, when I look at their stuff, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but and because I like, I, I like the, 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 the look and the techniques you can really utilize with watercolor, I try to use my acrylics a bit like their watercolor. So because acrylics are water-based, you can thin them down and you can, again, add more media, whatever it is, and thin them down. But there are also things which I use a fair amount called acrylic fluids. Huh. So fluids, tiny little containers um, usually because they're incredibly expensive. But basically what they are is a very liquid form of acrylic paint. So it gives you a lot of pigment, uh -huh. so a lot of punch of color but it's very liquid. Whereas if I took paint out of a tube and I thinned it down to get it, you know, liquidy, I'd mm -hmm. also be weakening the pigment. Ah, so it's not as, as, it's not as potent. So I use a combination of regular acrylic paint and also fluids. Oh, that's fantastic. So, yeah. So why, by all those, little, <laughs> you know, being put together, I can create, you know, watercolor effects and also create mm. richnesses that are associated with oils. But, uh, the reason yeah. we prefer acrylics to, let's say, oils is because oils take a long time to dry. I know that there, there oh, are yeah. faster drying oils that exist today, but also oils are very toxic. The fumes from the oils, the, the fact mm -hmm. that the lipids in your skin and they, they go into your bloodstream very easily and whatnot, and um, they can, it can affect your respiratory tract. So I'm not a fan of oils from a health viewpoint, and that's why I also stay away from oils. You know, besides painting Mr. Spock, she's also done work. She's painted uh, the other characters in Star Trek, some great ones of Dr. McCoy, Chekhov, Sulu, Uhura, uh, you know, Scotty, um, and and actually the next generation, too. There's some great pictures I've seen, Troy. Uh, I mean, it's just she's spanning. So, well, there's, there's a... a a few new Star Treks coming out now. And what about doing something on Discovery? Uh, the yeah. Eventually, Strange New Worlds and incorporating yet another Spock. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I would actually love to do some of those pieces. So uh, to, to give you a little insight, uh, ah. when you get a license with CBS, you have to say what properties you want to be licensed for. I see. And so when I did my, uh, my license, with CBS almost two years ago now, they didn't want to give me the license for every single Star Trek. You know, besides painting Mr. Spock, she's also done work. She's painted uh, the other characters in Star Trek, 
some great ones of Dr. McCoy, Chekhov, Sulu, Uhura, uh, you know, Scotty, um, and and actually the next generation too. There's some great Picard pictures I've seen, Troy. Uh, I mean, it's just, she's spanning. So, well, there's, there's a, a, a few new Star Treks coming out now. And what about doing something on Discovery or even eventually Strange New Worlds and incorporating yet another Spock? Yes, about that. But um, because, you know, uh, Discovery isn't on my licensing right now. Right. Um, uh. I wouldn't be able to. Uh. Uh, they, they actually did give me permission to do the paintings, but for the actors and uh, not to be extended out to fans or anything of the sort. So the first actor, uh, he had approached me where that would be offered as a print to fans. The second one actually approached me about doing this as a um, as a, a commission for him. Oh, wow. And so, yes, yeah, so that's definitely something I'm interested in, in doing, and, and we've been chatting about that. You know, you might see Discovery and whatnot show up in the near future, but if they, it shows up in the near future, it would be it would be as a commission for those those actors or what have you. Um, mm-hmm. But in the future, future, I'm hoping that I can expand my licensing. That'd be um, great. I has, um, yeah. you know, the more I've been doing this, like I said, I started off where my focus was purely Mr. Spock, and he still is my primary focus. But interested in, and especially in terms of being able to explore with the fans. And I say with, because, uh, you know, when I work on my pieces, I, I see it as, as, uh, as a relationship that I'm in as well with my fans about, you know, working together on this piece, working to have a conversation about this piece. So I, yeah. I am hoping to expand a little bit more outside of uh, those properties. Well, the, the latest piece you've worked on and you share this with your fans on your Instagram is remember, and after seeing that, I go, she's got to be a huge fan because that is like one of the, the most important moments. And Spock is literally going in there to save the ship and die. And McCoy yeah. is tries to stop him. And Spock does be essentially sends his Katra into Dr. McCoy at that moment. And the classic line, now classic line, remember. So great piece. I really like it. <laughs> Thank you. You know, um, what's interesting is I, I chose the Mr. Spock as he's my, I, you know, I'm but he would be my muse. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's a good I, one. I, I said, you know, I chose him, but no, no, no. I feel like he chose me. So uh, he, he's the muse that, uh, that I've ended up with, at least uh, in my life at this point in time. And um, with him as a muse, it's interesting because he is a character who is not supposed to be incredibly emotional, yet he's got a ton of emotion yeah, that he's yeah. sorting out. Well, the, the latest piece you've worked on, and you share this with your fans on your Instagram page, is Remember. And after seeing that, I go, she's got to be a huge fan because that <laughs> is like one of the, the most important moments in Star Trek history because – Spock is literally going in there to save the ship and die. And McCoy is tries to stop him. And Spock does be essentially sends his Katra into Dr. McCoy at that moment. And the classic line now classic line, remember. So great piece. I really like it. (laughs) Thank you. You know, um, with the fact that he's unconscious, that he Mm -hmm. doesn't, he doesn't agree to this and, and that this is going to be, incredibly difficult 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. I, I said, you know, I chose him, but no, no, no. I feel like he chose me. His head, he's, he's had yes. two people's souls in his in his, in himself, right? Um, yeah. So I also do think about the scene. Like I, th- I think about the deeper implications of choices yeah. we make, and that sometimes the choices we make are not. Uh, in fact, oftentimes the choices we make are not. Um, are not going to be supported by everyone. People will have mm-hmm. problems with the choices we make. And as the phrase goes, we, we choose the lesser of the two evils, as it were. Yeah. You know? So let me tell you about my connection to Leonard Nimoy. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not saying that I'm exclusive or anything like that. I'm one of many people that had the privilege to interview him. But yeah. in 1976, he came to my college. And I was with the college radio station at the time. And uh, we went backstage to interview him. And (laughs) being the Star Trek nerd that I am, I asked him all kinds of questions. But he doesn't doesn't agree to this. And and that this is going to be incredibly difficult for him, uh, incredibly invasive. He'll never be the same again after this. Because no. <laughs> he's had clock in his, his head, he's, he's had yes. people's souls in his in his, in himself, right? Um, yeah. So I also do think about the scene, like I, th- I think about the deeper implications of choices yeah. we make, and that sometimes the choices we make are not. Uh, in fact, oftentimes the choices we make are not um, are not going to be supported by everyone. And the directing three and four, and then in two thousand nine. Uh, there was a theater company that he was uh, being honored. So let me tell you about my connection to Leonard Nimoy. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not saying that I'm exclusive or anything like that. I'm one of many people that had the privilege to interview him. But yeah. in 1976, he came to my college. And mm-hmm. I was with the college radio station at the time. And uh, we went backstage to interview him. And <laughs> being the Star Trek nerd that I am, I asked him all kinds of questions mm-hmm. about, um, like he used to bicycle on the Paramount lot, and right. as a as a as a gag, Shatner would do this a lot: is hide his bicycle so he couldn't find it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so I, I brought that up, and that kind of um, you know brought a smile to his face. And then I asked him, this was this was seventy six, so literally two years before they started shooting the movie and before they even did any more movies. And I asked him if he would direct again. And he said he would like to. And of course, he ended up directing three and four. And then in 2009, uh, there was a theater company that he was uh, being honored. Uh, he was he was literally, he was donating a pair of Spock ears for an auction so that they could raise money for the company. And they had invited him to uh, to come. So we talked about, uh, you know, how he uh, put together this, you know, you could see he had organizational skills, finding yeah. the right space, getting a play so that had the most speaking parts so the entire company could be used and um, and, and things like that. And we talked about it. And. The best part of what I do is that that podcast is still running and still available. And you can hear it in his own words, talking about, um, you know, how he put this together. And we talked about the pivotal scene in Naked Time, um, 
where Spock breaks down in the briefing room and the camera goes 360 degrees around him. And that was his idea. That was his, that was the beginning of his directorial career, I think, a little bit. Yeah. And we and this we talked in 2009, um, right when the movie came out, and he had some high praise for Zachary Quinto as Mr. Spock, and really appreciated him as an actor. And you know, we just we had a great time. I made him laugh, and you know, you do something like you do something like that. Time passes. And then somebody on tw- on the internet says to me, oh, you know, hey, Mr. Nimoy really enjoyed the interview with you. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, I, you know, I got to, uh, I got to get on this and, and schedule another. But unfortunately, circumstances mm-hmm. for one reason or another were not able to do that. So the one that I have, I treasure. And uh, I've also talked to Jimmy Doohan who's also gone, of course, and mm-hmm. Rene, Rene Obejanois from Deep Space Nine. So, yeah. uh, you know, those are the ones I, I treasure. Uh, Mark Leonard was on my list, as was DeForest Kelly, but sadly they passed before I could get, I could get to you talk were. to them. Yeah. But, uh, but I, if I can brag, I, I, when I started doing podcasts, and, and now I have a podcast just on Star Trek, I said to myself, I want to get at least one person from every incarnation of Star Trek. And, <laughs> and I, I have done <laughs> And I have done that. I have actually done that. So, um, so yeah, I can say that, I mean, Voyager, all of them. Uh, Enterprise, uh, yeah, all of them. So I'm pretty, uh, pretty happy about that. So, and so, so now, yeah. now, that you've, now that you've made the goal, do you have another goal in mind? Oh, just keep uh, just keep talking to more people. I mean, you know, uh, anybody connected with Star Trek, I want to talk to, because that's really what got me into sci-fi was Star Trek and reading the classics. But it was that show, and you know, as I got older, the concept of Vidic, infinite diversity and infinite combinations, really means a lot to me now. You know, and and that word diversity means a lot to me, and it kind of started with Mister Spock. Yeah. There's my take on Spock. I'm obviously, as he has touched you, he has touched me as well. Spock uh, speaks to me so much is not only because of the character of Spock, because, but because of Leonard Nimoy himself. Yes. You know, I think, yes, uh, Leonard Nimoy is different from the uh, I don't know what the word would be for this, um, egocentric in some way, shape, or form, but I think uh, he tends to speak to people who are more introspective. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, absolutely. People, people who uh, like to think deeply and deeply internally. Yes, um, I, I, I believe that. Now I could be wrong. I could be wrong because I'm, I'm sure his appeal goes beyond that. But I think that that he he holds a special place for those who are internal deep thinkers um, mm-hmm. who look closely at things and and uh, want to go way beyond the surface. So mm-hmm. um, I know he also speaks to a lot of people who have had. Uh, less ideal motive uh, upbringings and what what have you um, right. I, I think he's been uh, he's been a great um, symbol for a lot of people uh, in terms of the struggle that we all go through and, and and what we can make of ourselves what we can become That's and I right. think part of the reason that uh, Leonard Nimoy Spock uh, speaks to me so much is not only because of the character of Spock because but because of Leonard Nimoy himself. Yes. You know, I think, yes, uh, 
uh, Leonard Nimoy is different from the character that he played, but the essential nobility that he brought out in that character, I think, was him. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Spock is him, and he is Spock. It's hard mm-hmm. to separate the two. Uh, obviously, he's a human being, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and he actually had a pretty good sense of humor. So yeah. uh, I, Spock it was still learning uh, his sense of humor, but uh, but yeah. So I really want to mention one thing that's really important. If you really want to see this, it's hard to describe it in a podcast, but you have to go to retrospectstudios.ca and look at this work. And I'm telling you, it it's a, they're great shots for like an office or something like that. City on the edge of forever, Spock, even with the vacuum tubes there. I mean, it's just <laughs> brilliant. Doc, doc, I'm a doctor for, for Dr. McCoy, and you see his instruments right from the, the series. There's even good old Khan Noonien Singh uh, oh. is, as well is there uh, as well. And then really Picard and Data, two of the most uh, famous of the next generation. Uh, really, really good stuff. So highly recommend you all visiting the website and you can get an idea and watch her videos and she as she talks about her work. So really want to thank you for taking the time for being on the podcast and talking about your amazing work. It's my absolute pleasure. Tony, thank you for having me. Well, there's only one thing left to say before we go, and that's live long and prosper. <laughs> live long and prosper. And the correct response is peace and long life. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. We've been talking to Kavita Maharaj, very talented artist who is showing us her passion for Star Trek, in particular Mr. Spock, in her work. It is a must for any collection to have it. And I think you'll be doing them for quite some time. Thank you, Tony. And I look forward to chatting with you again in the future. That sounds great. And thank you all for listening to Sci-Fi Talk and also here on Trek Capsule as well. Take care. <laughs>